So now we're on to the third part of this article titled Grand Jury Timing. Since Michael's case has been handed to the prosecutor, Duke has been mostly silent about it. In a phone call near the end of September, he said he expected to charge the case, but noted it had a lot of complexities he was being careful with. After the newspaper learned a grand jury hearing happened in August, it had sought to find out whether they were deliberating related to Michael's case. However, Duke has not returned numerous phone calls. On Thursday, the Argus Observer caught up with Payette County Commissioner Anne Marie Kelso, who once served as a prosecutor for the county. Although it has been numerous years since she served in that role, she was able to provide some insight as to timing with grand juries. Grand juries can hold on to the case for a long time, especially if they request more information or subpoena witnesses or request the state to subpoena witnesses, she said. However, Kelso clarified that grand jury members can only serve for six months at a time. As such, she said a prosecutor might try to presumably conclude within six months or have to start all over, noting she didn't think jurors could be forced to stay on. According to information posted on Payette County's website, last updated on November 21st, there are no further trials for jurors serving the October to December. So this is your last check-in. However, a magistrate court official on Thursday clarified weekly check-ins don't apply to grand jury members. Rather, when the prosecutor decides to pull a grand jury, it comprises members of the pool of jurors selected for that time period who then meet as needed. She said with a six-month timeline of service, the current grand jury's terms could be coming to an end as soon as it was selected around July or September. Kelso said when she was prosecutor, she did have a murder trial on her hands, but never had to deal with a case to the extent of Michael's. In discussing some of the ins and outs of managing such a large case, she reflected on her own experience. The amount of documentation that has to be accompanying the case, with so many agencies involved and so many tips, I can only imagine how much paperwork, evidence, and documentation has been generated. It sounds like almost a full-time job for someone. Kelso also commented that the prosecutor's office has been faced with staffing issues in recent times, but believe those to be resolved now. Continuing to work on the case keeps police hopeful. From our standpoint, we're just going to stay at it. Keep the accelerator down, Huff said. Our hopes are to recover Michael and bring him home to his family. I don't like thinking in the negative. I guess that's how we remain optimistic. Furthermore, Huff commented, we are still receiving tremendous support from our community. We appreciate and need it. Neil echoed the sediment when asked what the community can do for the family. Keep sharing Michael's picture, especially on social media. Try to do it every day, she said. Michael is still missing. We still don't have all the answers. Neil thanked the community and law enforcement for their support and said it is important for the community to keep supporting each other as well as law enforcement. I believe everybody is still as dedicated as day one to finding Michael, and that's really important. So... It was interesting to me when Huff said, Our hopes are to recover Michael and bring him home to his family. I don't like thinking in the negative. I guess that's how we remain optimistic. Which that quote stands out to me because last year at the press conference, they said they believe Michael to be deceased, that he was buried in that yard and has since been moved. But then this quote says, Bring him home to his family. I don't like thinking in the negative. So it makes me wonder, do they not have evidence that he is actually deceased? 
they said last year that they sent off DNA, um, they sent off DNA to a private lab. They said that in January of this year and they have never followed up publicly on what came out of that DNA. And to me, that's very telling because if they ran, sent that DNA to a private lab and it came back and it immediately showed that yes, proof that Michael was there, I think they would have no problem saying that. The DNA came back. We have concrete proof that Michael was in that backyard. But it makes me think that it did not come back related to Michael. And it left them stumped and puzzled, thinking, well, wait a minute. We were convinced he was in this backyard. We got a credible tip, executed the search warrant in the yard. The dogs hit on human... Um, detected human remains, but we didn't find any. And now this DNA is not related to Michael. That's what it makes me think. That's what I think because they have not publicly addressed the DNA since they said they sent it off to a private lab. And I think if it was anything related to Michael, they wouldn't have a problem mentioning that to the public so the public knows, yes, we know he Michael was in that backyard. We just need to, you know, seal up some other things. But I think they probably can't talk about something related if if there's another case involved or if the DNA was related to some other individual. They maybe cannot speak on that. And I don't know if they want to fully admit that maybe they don't have concrete evidence that he was in that backyard. They also vaguely alluded to finding evidence in the house, but have never followed up on that as well. And it makes, it makes me leery. It makes me leery that they haven't publicly really confirmed that he was in that house or that backyard. Now, it doesn't mean that he wasn't, and I know police can't share everything, but it makes me leery. And I'm wondering, do they really have any evidence that he was in that house or in that backyard? I, I truly don't know. And it seems like everything in this case has kind of been a snail's pace from the time it began and Michael went missing and the searches and all of that. And things have always seemed sluggish. And then we had last year the search warrant and the press conference. And even since then, things have been sluggish. And then handing it over to the prosecutor, it's been sluggish. We've seen, you know, publicly we haven't seen any movement since it went to the prosecutor. Again, they spoke about the grand juries in there. We don't have any evidence to believe that they have already called a grand jury for Michael's case. Um, and so that may be something coming up in the future. We won't know immediately if they call a grand jury for his case. But as they mentioned in the article, you have a six-month window of time. So after six months, you have to start over. And so they announced at the one-year mark on July 27th, 2023 of this year, they announced that they had sent it over to the prosecutor. So time is already ticking 
for that six-month window. So will there be a grand jury called before that six-month window, or will they have to start all over? I don't know. I truly don't know. I'm not sure. But it's definitely something I'm going to be keeping tabs on. I am really interested to see how this progresses as time moves forward. As always, I truly appreciate you all for listening, for caring about Michael Vaughn, for sharing Michael Vaughn's face. If you go to my Twitter, Mysterious Headlines, you can see Michael's um, missing poster. You can tweet it there. I also have a link to this article on there if you want to read the article yourself, if you want to share out the article. That is a great way to spread awareness about Michael Vaughn. And you can follow me on Twitter, chime in on the conversation. That is where we chat all things missing person cases and cases where victims still deserve justice. Thank you for listening, and we'll chat again soon. Let's get justice for Michael Vaughn.